The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big and win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com and start winning today. And also make sure to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Episode 138 is what we're going with. Uh, almost positive it's 138. No question mark behind it. Um, who am I going to... Uh, ded- oh, let's dedicate this one to our Muslim friends. I didn't do that. When I was calling out all the holidays around Easter time. I forgot it's Ramadan. I think it's just ending up, so finishing up soon. So this goes to all my all our, all our Muslim friends and listeners. Um, this amazing episode that's coming up is going out to you. So, um, who would I be? Uh, I would be a guy who forgot that he needs a new nickname every episode and forgot. Oh yes, I know what my nickname is. I am Jeff the Party Fox. Uh, definitely am a am a party. Uh, thank you for coming to the show. Um, oh, also, this is an exciting episode because it's the return of damn mediocre boys are back. Um, <laughs> my co-host was flying solo for a long time. Um, flying the flag of the mediocre boys all on his own, but he, he has some company this week. Um, more on that in a second. Let's introduce this here, this year, um, co-host, associate co-host, host of the show when I'm not around. He's he's a jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, he's the one and only Daniel Gumby Breland. Yeah. W- okay. So mediocre. I'm gonna give you mediocre. Uh, actually, probably below mediocre yeah. for below mediocre for me. As long <laughs> yes, as uh, I was being generous, but profitable on my recommended plays last week and someone's <laughs> a recommended play king again yeah well, we will get to that but yes he is taken over again as the recommended play king so if you just follow dan's recommended plays you're happy if you followed all of our plays maybe not so much but whatever we'll, we'll get to that in in due time in due time um we'll recap belt we'll recap pfl we don't talk about belt around these parts uh, we'll recap um ufc we'll look ahead to what's coming up all that fun stuff. Um, news. You want to talk about any fight announcements? You you want to talk about, you said, in our big pre-production meeting, which lasted about 10 seconds, you said, let's talk about the heavyweight main events that have just got announced. So that would be in the UFC, of course. Um, Derek Lewis, Sergey Pavlovic. Big step up for Mr. Pavlovic. That is, actually, that's not a uh, heavyweight fight, right? I mean, that's not a headline. That's UFC 277. So that won't be a headliner. Correct. That one's and not he, a head. That one's not a headliner, but there are two other ones. I, I think that matchup. Just to sort of jump the gun before your question, there. That matchup is a great one for Derek Lewis to bounce back from. Like yep. it, it, it's a guy who literally won't try to wrestle him and is just going to try to box him. Um, and I don't think we'll be able to hang with him. Uh, also, it's like perfect too because if for some reason Pavlovich does actually go out there and start him, you like. Yep catapult the dude who has seemingly like a lot of potential but has been mismanaged in like a, a awful way right like he he had to make his debut against Overeem was it it was either a headline or a co-main event if I'm not mistaken uh yeah. so like he, he headlined a fight against or a fight night against a, a legend of the sport to come out the gate loses that fight and then it's been taking fights like once every 20 months or something like that so <laughs> yep. 
he's a dude with tons of potential who's just been like chilling at the bottom of the top 15 without being able to make any like substantial movement. So like now that he's gotten a win recently under his belt, like it's the perfect time to be like, well, let's just shit or get off the pot here with with Pavlovich and, and see what he's made of. Yeah, I think maybe the main takeaway is Pavlovich is actually fighting again right away, which is good. Um, instead of, like you said, waiting tw- 20 months. Um, yeah, and I agree with everything you say. Um, actually, Derek Lewis probably at this point is is bulletproof. Like, he, he can lose to whoever, and he's still, you know, he's still going to be Derek Lewis. He's he's still going to be the the level of star that, that he already is. So um, if Pavlovich beats him, wouldn't be the end of the world. And yeah, it would create another young contender for, uh, for the heavyweight ranks, which maybe... Young is the relative uh, relative term, but yeah, another up and comer we'll say uh, for the heavyweight ranks because a few of our other up and comers do have heavyweight uh, main events coming up. Cyril Gone is going reportedly going to be fighting Tai Tuivasa in the main event of a UFC Paris show. Um, when's that going to be? September third. So thoughts on that one? I love that one. Also, just just to run back your comment there on Pavlovich. Pavlovich is under thirty two, which is yeah, is, right. It's that, like 27 or something, isn't he? Uh, I think he's 29, but like that's okay. that's really substantially younger for the, the heavyweight yep. division. That that makes him one of the youngest. So um yeah, uh that matchup with Tuivasa and in Surreal Gain is is kind of you know, it, and we're gonna talk about another matchup in a second, which pretty much all but guarantees we're about to see John Jones versus Steve A for the interim title, which is rumored oh, but not official for September, but like if you are going to do Stipe versus John Jones, as I kind of thought they might do, this is the next best option for Tai Tuivasa. You're not feeding him to another young prospect who we'll talk about in a second. You're not feeding him to an incredible wrestler who we're about to talk about in a second. But you are giving him the highest ranked dude who will likely try to box with him for an entire 25 25 minutes if he, it goes that long um which is i mean like what you need if you would like to keep tai Tuivasa's star shining bright which I, I think the ufc actually does and if not this puts real gain in like a meaningful position to fight guys like john jones and stipe so yeah like i, I think the matchmaking's perfect i think surreal owns every advantage he needs in this fight and uh still might not win <laughs> yep no, it's it's very similar to him fighting Derek Lewis. You know, um, he has the advantage, but he very easily could get knocked out at any second. So, and then the other main event, heavyweight main event, uh, we are dancing around is Curtis Blades versus Tom Aspinall, UFC London on July twenty third. Yeah, I I love this one too for all of the same reasons that I just told you. I loved Tuivasa and Surreal Gaines. Like that one has got a couple of dudes who can box. And we're going to find out if Tai Tuivasa can beat the established boxer. This one's got uh, Tom Aspinall, who has suddenly shown that he is not just a competent grappler, but maybe a dangerous grappler, right? Like he did to Alexander Volkov, what so few people have ever done, uh, you know, outside of Vitaly Minikov and the guy he's fighting, Curtis Blades. And you're going to give him a wrestler uh, and a wrestler who's shown he's got hands now. Uh, and we've got a guy with hands who's shown he can wrestle now. So it's like it's both of these two matchups are very smart matchmaking in that they're allowing us to see whether or not the younger guy can beat the established veteran at their own game here without having to make the style matchup like difficult for the up and comer. Yep. Very true. Plus, these are enough 
out, uh, there's enough time um, remaining that if things do go awry with John Jones, as they normally do, or Steeping Milicic, which they sometimes do, they can always throw an interim title, um, slap interim title label on either of these fights, right? And it would make sense. Yeah, I, I would say more likely than not, the one here that would get the interim status is Ty Tuivasa and Surreal Gain. Um, Gain with title shot experience already. You know, obviously Ty Tuivasa coming off of knocking out uh, Derek Lewis bodes a little better than Tom Aspinall submitting Volkov. Um, so I would say that one makes more sense. But yeah, you're right. Like if either of them got an interim title moniker to it, like none of us would bat an eyelash at it. Like it, that that's just fine to happen right now. So uh, especially in the the weird influx state the heavyweight division is in right now. But overall, if John Jones and Stipe are in fact coming back, this was the best way they could match the top of the division, knowing that that needed to be the title fight. Yep. I was just um, wondering if they want to avoid getting gain into another situation where he'll be interim champ having to fight Nganu if, if that's uh, going to happen down the road. So, but you never know. And this shows that once again, that the UFC is bigger than any one fighter because Francis Nagano, we didn't mention him once in all of this, and they still have a bunch of stars. So it's it's very hard for fighters uh, singly to stand up to the UFC and the UFC to to care. So um, proves once again the Dana White's the biggest star the UFC has, not not Francis Nagano or anyone else. Well, I also think it it's telling as as far as timing goes. Right, uh, they just yep. announced all of these heavyweight main events. Right after Tyson Fury invited Francis Ngannou into the ring and they talked about having some kind of weird hybrid matchup, Francis has gone on record saying the UFC could still sign me. And as long as they work a contract in that allows me to go do this, which seemingly would not cut the UFC massively into uh, the pay scale here. Right. Like he doesn't yeah. need to sign a UFC deal that allows the UFC to make money off this. He can just let it you know, run out. He could box Fury and then he gets re-signed with the UFC later if he wanted to. So, um, or I mean, he could just go win a PFL title every single year for the rest of his life and win a million every year. So yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense um, given that, that Ngannou just clearly stated that he is more interested in Tyson Fury than any UFC heavyweight that they announce all of these right in a row. And and like you said, it, it's the UFC trying to push that agenda that like nobody's bigger than the brand name itself. Yep. And sadly for the fighters, it's, it's actually true. There's, there's very like they're even, they were even willing to have Conor McGregor uh, sit out pretty much the whole pandemic because they didn't want him to fight in empty arenas. So they are pretty much uh, bulletproof once again. Um, all right. So that, is, that are those two, um, three actually uh, heavyweight fights um other than that i once again it, uh, the power and reach of this podcast it came through again in the mma world uh, over the past few days because a couple things that we uh propose should happen on this podcast actually happened in real life first uh kay hansen signed with invicta which is what we claim she should do and she did wisely yeah four fight deal too which is like the perfect amount right like they can just give her you know, uh, the one of those up and comers in there, like she can fight, a, you know, Lindsay Van Zant or something, although Lindsay Van Zant fights strawweight sometimes, but like somebody like Lindsay Van Zant up at strawweight um, and like work her way up to the champ uh, by, by the third fight or so, defend her title once. Um, and if she is 
able to do all of that successfully, she'll just follow the Angela Hill game plan and come right back to the UFC at the end of it. Problem with the Mick is four fights will take you about six or seven years to actually complete at this point. Yeah, they are. They have slowed kind of down, haven't they? Yeah. Um, in, in I, I'm although maybe less so than we realize they've slowed down because uh, to an extent, I, I think they're just less visible now. Like no offense to uh, the way that they were uh, being broadcast before, but like it, it was really hard to see their events on. What, what, what were they? Were they on Axis for a while? Axis TV, which I don't believe I have. Uh, and then they were just straight up on YouTube, which I guess increased uh, availability. But if I'm not mistaken, their May event, which comes up a week from when this upcoming Wednesday, uh, which maybe we'll do picks for. Uh, speaking of uh, oh. the uh, speaking of the the uh, current strawweight champion. Uh, oh, and Lindsey Van Zandt's on that card too. Look at that. Um, uh, that fight is, I believe, they're going back to UFC Fight Pass. Um, they've, they've found a way to work it back in with fight pass. So maybe that'll increase the amount of times we see them and it will increase the, um, visibility of it. So that, that, uh, does seem like a good thing. Yep. Plus there was that whole pandemic thing. It kind of coincided them kind of closing shop kind of coincided with, with the pandemic. So, um, and the other thing that happened that we very clearly stated on this podcast should happen is Macy Barber is going to fight Jessica next. I didn't say it should happen. I want to start there. I, I said if the UFC was hell-bent on pushing Macy Barber further up the rankings constantly. That's true. That's the correct target for them, right? He she, was misquoted by me. It's true. Yeah. That's exactly should, what you said. She should, uh, you know, I'm I'm not saying that that fight should happen. I, I'm pretty sure I advocated pretty heavily to watch Aaron Blanchfield beat the living tar out of her. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. I think I I asked for Talia Santos at one point, but she's getting a title shot instead. Um, yeah, like it, it makes a lot of sense for Macy Barber, right? She just came out of a fight and looked pretty damn good. Her stock is back to being up. She she has always stated she wants to be rushed up the rankings. Who who better in there than like an aged Jessica I who has not looked a hundred percent and. You know, with Macy Barber's increased wrestling, like she might even be able there to go in there and like wrestle up Jessica I. So, um, I, here's a really gross spoiler alert. I think I might pick Macy Barber in that fight. Whoa, that means this is a massive mismatch then. If you're willing yeah. to concede that, I mean, either that or just like I have less faith in Jessica I than just about any woman in the flyweight <laughs> rankings right now. Like. Her in her in in no offense because I really do love JoJo Calderwood or JoJo Wood rather. Uh, Woodwood Calderwood. Yeah, Calderwood Wood. Um, I really love JoJo Calderwood Wood. Um, but those two I have like very little faith in right now. They they clearly have hit the wrong end of the aging curve. Seem to not be putting together the best performances. Seem to not be putting together the best game plans with those performances. Like yeah. I'm, uh, those are the right people to match up with your rising stars that you want to see win. Ouch. You've disappointed daddy Gumby ladies. Come on, step it up. <laughs> but this isn't a Macy Barber podcast, Dan, it, even though it seems like it most, it is most weeks, uh, most episodes, but, um, all right. That's before Dan talks any crazier stuff about how much he likes Macy Barber. Cause he sure gave her a lot of praise there. Let's, uh, let's get into this, this year recap and look ahead and all that jazz. First, of course, we got to tell you about the mighty win bet. Make sure to get down on the wins, bet $10, win $200 promotion where $10 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus the win bet 
Casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to a thousand bucks. And of course, don't forget to get involved in their same game parlays with the wins. Own a build your own bet feature. All users can receive a $20 free bet when they win, lose, or push a three plus leg build your own bet parlay between Thursday and Saturday. Players can take advantage of the offer on the NBA playoffs, which are ongoing as we speak right now. Second round just started. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by Trade Coffee. Trade Coffee. Let me tell you all about these these people if you haven't heard me talk about them in the past trade coffee connects customers to the finest and best tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters these are independent businesses from big cities and small towns trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters often being the largest source of new growth for them this is expert taste of coffee trade coffee team actually takes tests thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds alive and ready to ship every day there's no one perfect coffee but there is a perfect coffee for you and Trade's human-powered algorithm will find it. Plus, Trade's first match guarantee. Trade is so confident they'll match you right the first time. Yeah, they'll match you right, as in they'll match you with your coffee that's right for you the first time. That if they don't, they'll take your feedback, and an actual coffee expert will work with you. Send a brand new bag for free. Are you a coffee expert, Dan? I think we went through this already. You're not, right? I, I don't think I'm an expert. I don't like uh, cheap coffee, and I have liked the trade coffee that I've drank, though. Wow, listen to this. That is what these average. That's what these sponsors want, Dad. Uh, Dad, I called you Dad because <laughs> I called you Dad earlier, Dan. This is what they want, Dan. Because, we go, uh, we go into the recommended plays. You can call me Daddy. And... I will call you Dad. It's true. <laughs> All right, here's your call to action for trade coffee. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order, plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash SGP. It's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash SGP. Let Trade find you a coffee you love. That's drinktrade.com slash SGP for $30 off. And don't forget about Mother's Day coming up. A Trade subscription is the perfect gift for the coffee lovers in your life. Right, Dad? That's right. All right. There we go. Okay, uh, I guess. Well, let, let's go PFL first. Um, let's let's hold off the um, the slaughter, the recap of the slaughter. All right, PFL two. Dan gave you picks for that. I gave you breakdowns. Dan gave you picks that went down last Thursday. Um, I actually watched it because it's easy to watch up here in in here in Canada. They're on TSN, so I watched the event. Dan made gave you picks for the. the featherweights right that's what these guys weigh yes featherweights all right let's break it down dan got doo -doo 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 -doo. the first one right even though i don't think you should have dan we'll have to talk about this brandon lochnane beat uh Keoji kudo after that was a head clash right that stopped the fight and then they went to the scorecards am i remembering correctly you are in fact remembering correctly yes okay. oh actually this wasn't i should have done wade first but we'll, we'll do this one what the heck um Lockney was ahead on the scorecards, so he won the fight. I don't think he was ahead, though. I thought he was losing that fight. Maybe I was wrong there, but regardless, Dan won minus 500 on that one. Thoughts on that? I, I think you are wrong, uh, and oh. I will pre I will present evidence to tell you you're wrong, too. Uh, so Dog agrees with me? There are media scores for uh, <laughs> an MMA decisions for that fight, um, although be it only five of them, three judge or three of the media judges had it for Kudo, two had it for Lockney, 
Um, for log name, Sean Sheehan from Severe MMA, who we love and respect. He's uh, MMAmania.com, who is a reputable website. And all three of the ones for Kudo, all from SureDog. <laughs> well, I was correct then. Hooray. <laughs> Brandon Lochnane did win. The, uh, uh, yeah, wait a minute. I was I was incorrect. So, um, wow. I, they should just hire me, eh? At this point, <laughs> SureDog. If you're going to score fights like them, yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Dan hit that one. Minus five hundred. He hit uh, this fight was actually a co-main event. They swipped, swapped, swip swapped the order since we did the breakdown. Chris Wade, who likes to be the uh, milk stomp in Dagestan. He's a Dagestan milk stomper. He also likes to murder in Long Island. He's a Long, Long Island killer. He won minus one thirty-five. Um, big win for him over uh, Lance Palmer. Very clearly won that fight. And Dan hit that one. Very close odds on it. Yeah, he he continues to be a guy who I'm sort of baffled keeps beating wrestlers. Um, yep. and, and I know he's got a wrestling background, and I know, hey, when I when I broke down the fight, I was like, hey, if he stuffed Bubba Jenkins, he'll stuff Lance Palmer, and he did. But like, there's part of me that still just like thinks back to seeing him fight like Rustam Hobbyloth and get like ragdolled. And I mean, he got ragdolled by Islam Makashev in the UFC too. But like, I, I think back and I I think mentally i was like this is a guy who can't beat wrestlers and now he's beaten two pretty damn good ones in his last three fights so uh yeah props to him happy to hit a pick that was pretty damn close to even is the party over dan no i have one more win in there no i mean is the party over capital t oh oh my god you mean for i know it's a joke but it's it's also Uh, it's a real question too it's a real question is he past his expiry date you think at this point i mean i think one what two years ago was the last time he won a tournament yeah, I think just for him, the biggest problem is, is that like, first of all, he is 35. So like he, he's yeah. probably gotten to the end of his aging curve and now he's lost three in a row. Um, and, and I'll just say this too, you know, like for him, he was so good because of all of his wrestling. Um, and really like people with decent wrestling defense started beating him like, I don't know, like four years ago. Like I, I'm thinking back to when he lost to Andre Harrison, which I'm pretty sure was in world series of fighting before it even became um pfl in like he lost his title or failed to rec- might have been failed to reclaim his title against uh andre harrison and that was like the first time i was like oh when people have good wrestling defense he just isn't good um and then they just lined yeah. him up against a bunch of dudes who like wouldn't ever stop his wrestling and now he's back against people who will stop his wrestling so I don't know how much of it is he's like spent and how much is he's just gotten like really bad matchups, but he is 35. It's worth mentioning that like he's his best days are probably past him. Yep. You can't party forever. Um, and then what else we got? Bubba Jenkins. You hit this one. Bubba Jenkins beat Kyle Bochniak. I did not see that fight. It was, that one wasn't a televised up here and I can't be bothered looking for it. So tell me about this fight. Uh, I mean, not much to say other than Bubba Jenkins is a really fucking good wrestler. <laughs> yeah. All right, there you go. And we um, we knew that. We knew that already. Yep. So we learned nothing, did we? Okay. No, not in that good. fight. Nothing also, and also, and then, you know, worth worth mentioning too. Bochniak takes that fight on crazy short notice. So, like, yeah. that's I mean, that's important to note. Yep. True. Um, and then Dan spans some L's in the chat. Boston Salmon lost to. Some dude named Flores. Um, nope, nope. Shaman Marias. Oh, it's true. Shaman Marias. I know that guy. Tell me about that fight. Just uh, Marias, unanimous. Marias is faster and a better boxer. Uh, and I was hoping that Boston Salmon's power would carry, and it didn't. See, a lot of times, like you can 
people in general can you can sound smart breaking down fights but a lot of times it just comes down to something very simple like oh that guy's faster or that guy's better athlete or that guy you know or that guy's big shot didn't land um and and we'll actually we'll actually talk about one we got right uh on the ufc card where it was like i'm pretty sure i picked the guy who was the shaman marias i'm like he is faster he's a better striker the other guy's got the big bomb i'm hoping the big bomb doesn't land yep there you go and then um the Flores fellow I was speaking of before, uh, foiled Dan as well. Alejandro Flores beat Saba Balaji. Yeah, uh, Bal- by Balaji's decision. Yeah, Balaji's wrestling didn't quite hold up the way I wanted it to. Sometimes you guys, you get like people who are on national wrestling teams, and uh, they, they you assume that their wrestling will be a little bit better. But like, I, I think his wrestling that I had seen in his previous fights was a big, um, you know, a result of the level of his opponent. So uh, now that he's facing dudes like Flores, who are pretty legit, uh, he's going to have trouble with it. So that does bring me to three and two. And I know you're going to summarize it real yep. quick. But I'm also actually just going to say that if you really listened to me last week in uh, <laughs> this one, I actually went eight and two because I also did tell you to take every favorite in the heavyweight fights. Yep. And guess who won? Yep. Every favorite. Because it was recorded. Part. On the whole card, every favorite one. <laughs> because it was recorded in advance, right? PFL. Um, I cannot prove that, but they <laughs> did have ten favorites win last night. So yeah, or the this week. So yeah, do do with and that what you will. Every featherweight fight, a decision. Uh, even though one was like a technical decision, but it was a decision nonetheless. Every heavyweight fight, uh, KO slash TKO. Yep. Also, very, I'll just say I'll just say out loud, Henan Faria, yeah. who who I think I mentioned. Uh, on the yep. podcast is a dangerous fucking dude. He wanted like 25 seconds and he just yep, looks, that was a very, he looks mean dude. <laughs> very, very true. So yeah. So it lived up to, um, to stereotypes. The big guys banged and the little guys had technical basically. Well, well, techn- fights that went to the decision is what I'm trying to spit out, but I'm not very good at talking, which is why I host a podcast. So, all right. So that's PFL. He went three and two. He, he lost you some money unless, you read between the lines. Actually, you didn't even have to read between the lines. We just outright told you. No point breaking down the heavyweight fights. Here's who's going to win. All the favorites. Take it. So there you go. Um, all right. I guess we'll have to get to the carnage that was UFC for us. But first, Athletic Greens. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff you're asking? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging, all of those things you get from one supplement here. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. And I just lost the ad copy. Um, Here we are. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Again, that is athleticgreens.com SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And we're brought to you by IPVanish. Did you know that browsing online using the incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prime lives. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use 
IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. While I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to IPVanish.com slash SGP. Use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. All right. Done Sp- spelling words for the day. That's, um, I say the carnage that was UFC. It was actually a pretty pretty fun event to watch if you didn't have any money on it, I would say, right? Yeah, I mean, there wasn't a fight that was particularly boring. I mean, oh, I guess I, kept thinking, oh, I guess Jocko Mearshart was not real fun. But like, apart yeah. from that, like pretty even even Arlovsky Collier, which I kind of pegged as like a fight that was going to be like technical and boring, and uh, wound up being kind of a banger. Yep, literally, it was a banger. Their heads continuously, I... like bulls, right? <laughs> Yeah, they they the pit bull became a bull. I really, I'll say this: I really enjoyed how Arlovsky kept playing like the victim in all of that. Yep. When like very clearly he was doing it, if not as bad, maybe worse. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, that handsome devil. All right, um, yeah, basically every fight, I'm like, oh, that 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 one might be a fight of the night, and then it would get upped by the uh, one up by the next fight. So, all right, uh, um. This went down last night from the UFC Apex in Enterprise Nevada. Um, main event, we got wrong, but we did not know in advance that Rob Font was going to miss weight. Uh, we know that fighters that miss weight, what's the stat on that? Not counting last night. They only went 36% of the time, and he really missed weight. He missed weight by like two and a half pounds. Um, has, I don't, has he missed weight before? I don't, I'm checking. This is, this is the first time in his whole life, including like when he was on the regionals. Yeah. Okay. Do we have a story behind why he missed and he missed so much? Usually if they miss that badly, it means they didn't try too hard to cut weight or which either could, which could be a good thing, which means they're, they're going to have the gas tank the next day, or it means there was an injury and they couldn't really train properly during camp and they couldn't get the weight off. He said the words, uh, the weight just stopped coming off, which I've heard before too. And, and he did miss bad, but not in the, like, not in the way that you would expect he quit trying. Like a, a, a somebody who quits trying misses at like five pounds. You know what I mean? That's six, true. Six That's pounds. True. He he missed by two and a half, which is, you know, not good. Uh, but like also like if you were within two and a half and you quit, like you would be uh, like, that's a real weird time to quit. Um, yeah. Like I, I feel like he probably if he could have, he would have lost that. But he, he said that just stopped coming off, which means. He probably came in too heavy during fight week. That's probably yeah. just like the, the legit answer. He like bulked up a little bit this time and figured the weight had come off and it didn't. Um, so I, I would say it's just like a legit miss. Um, but but that being said, I think it heavily affected this fight. Like in, yeah. in a, a, a huge way. Because like if you go back and you look at the results of this fight, like Marlon Vera got outboxed. Very much exactly in the way that we talked about. He got lit up for 25 minutes, basically. Yeah, exactly in the way we talked about. And at the end of three of those rounds, three and a half of those rounds, he he sparked Rob Font with a nasty blow that had him wobbled 
in multiple times knocked him down. The the judges a thousand percent had it right. Marlon Vera definitely won rounds two, three, and four with knockdowns late in the round. He may not have won more time, but like as far as the judges' criteria is concerned, it's just who did more damage and who came closer to finishing the fight and all that stuff. He did all of those things. Granted, it just happened to be in like the last 45 seconds every time. But like you have to wonder if Rob Font isn't uh, you know, like emaciated and like having trouble putting weight back on and all that kind of stuff. Like, does he take those punches better? Like, we'll we'll definitely never know, but I really do think that that weight cut came into play. Possibly, but how frustrating was this fight to watch? Um, if you had Rob Font, Rob Font uh, picked it, it. Yeah, Cheeto Vera won 48 47, 49 46, 49 46. As Dan said, Font was dominating the fight except for when he wasn't. Uh, a few. Sometimes seconds, um, sometimes minutes at the end of rounds where he was very, very close to getting beat, like being finished. We're talking like three rounds in a row almost. Um, yeah, everything went the way we wanted it to go every other minute. But um, yeah, Vera's power was was more than was more than fonts, if that's even makes sense, that sentence. Yeah, it, it does. And it's it's one of those things that this is kind of what happened to fault in the Aldo fight, too. Am I wrong? Yep. Like. You know, like he he was landing the better volume and and just not hitting the big shot, which is it's kind of crazy, wasn't he? When he was coming up through you know both the regional circuit and his like early UFC days, wasn't he kind of touted as like a big power puncher? And now here we are talking about him as if he like has no nothing big behind his shots to like truly damage somebody and takes damage poorly. Um, it, it seems like a weird turnaround in his career. Very true. Um. So yeah, I I'm still not sold on Cheeto Bear either because uh, with defense they were talking about the, the announcers were talking about Font's defense or uh, it was Dean Thomas actually that mentioned Font's defense let him down. Uh, I would say Vera's defense let him down the whole fight as well. Yeah, I, I would say that's true, but also like to an extent, like isn't that the game he plays? You know what I mean? Like, like even when he fought somebody like Frankie Edgar, who he was clearly outclassing, and Frankie Edgar was old. Like, some of that was just, like, drawing Frankie Edgar into that fight and then landing his big shots when he had the chance. And, like, you know, he, he did a similar thing to Davy Grant, right? Like, Davy Grant cracked him with a couple, too. But it, it was mostly like, hey, Davy Grant, feel comfortable hitting me in the face because it's going to leave you open to get hit in the face, too. Um, and, and he won that fight by doing kind of the same thing he did to Rob Font, just, like, stinging him big at, at the end of that. And... You know, now it's earned him three straight bonuses, uh, that that strategy, including he gets double bonus here for font yep. missing weight. He, he gets the full hundred grand. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, like impressive performance. But you're right. Like the, the biggest question for him is like, is this sustainable all the way up the Bantamweight rankings? Uh, is there somebody who would take advantage of the fact that his defense lack of defense or lack of wanting to put that defense up for sake of offense uh will that eventually catch up to him and and i don't know the answer to it to be completely honest yep so who's next for him he's he wants anyone in the top four he said yeah i think i'd like to see him against piotr jan i i think that that would be a nice rebound fight for piotr uh i think Jan uh, has shown he can go in there with box and box with just about anybody. Um, it looks really good when he's doing it. Uh, he had a little trouble with the the grappling of of Aljamain Sterling, which then opens that question: like, could 
Marlon Vera use a little bit more of his grappling, which he he didn't really get to use against Rob Font that much. Some of it being a five round fight and he kind of like realized it was going to tire him out trying to do it. So then he just went back to the boxing. Um, But I think that that would be a good test for Marlon Vera to see if, you know, he is more legit than we're giving him credit for. And if not, it's a it's a nice resume bounce back for Piotr Jan as he waits to kind of be included in that title talk again. All right. I'm down for it. Let's book it. Um, But, yeah, this was so basically very frustrating. As I said, the fight went exactly how we predicted it would go, except. Um, Rob Font didn't get his hand raised because he got pieced up for the few the scant minutes and seconds that the fight did not go the way we uh, we said it would go. So anyhow, we we missed on that one. Rob Font minus one thirty five. We did hit in this one, but just by the skin of our teeth. Andre Arlovski minus one forty five. Uh, split decision over Jake Collier twenty seven thirty twenty nine twenty eight twenty nine twenty eight. Uh, Collier looked a lot. Or he fought. He didn't look better. Uh, he never looks good. But he fought a lot better than <laughs> than we uh, than we predicted he would he would fight in this one. Even uh, got some grappling going. Do you think the right decision was named here? I did not score this fight for Arlovsky. Neither uh, did I. No. Yeah, I I had this probably two rounds to one to Collier. Like I think he won the first comfortably. I think he won yeah. the third fairly comfortably. And I think in real yeah. time I gave him the second. I'm not gonna lie. I think I had it 30-27, Jake Collier. Um, it, it was, but I'll tell you what, as soon as I heard Bruce Buffer say, you know, such and such judge, I mean, I mean, I think he started with, uh, with Mike Bell or judge Mike Bell scores the fight for Collier. And I was like, Oh, Arlovsky won. Like I was just immediately like, it's a split decision against the mediocre heavyweight. This is definitely the fight after Arlovsky's going to win. Um, I will say, I don't think it's as egregious as some people are making it sound, like, no. don't get me wrong. Like, I, I do think I do think Jake Collier clearly won this fight, right? Like, I, I think he won the first and the third. That second round is razor close. Like I said, I didn't give it to Arlovsky in real time. I probably won't go back and watch it and rescore it. No. And in that third round, I think Jake Collier did more damage. But, like, really, some of that can be camera angles and stuff. And it was close enough that, like, if somebody decided to give it to Arlovsky, I don't think it's the wildest decision I've ever seen. It's not a super robbery. Plus, I'm not going to get mad at it because that fight alone made my recommended plays uh, yep. profitable. <laughs> yeah, just because um, you disagree with a decision doesn't mean it was a robbery. So this was a close fight. Olofsky won four straight wins, Dan, and he wants to fight for a title still, he said, which I don't like hearing. Yeah, I don't think he ever will. Uh, yeah, it's true. Like they, he, they've been booking him pretty good. I mean, they've been book- booking him perfectly, right? Like that he yep. is fighting literally the people you need him to fight all the time it's really really quite too bad that uh parker porter is not cur- is currently booked because like him versus parker porter is right up their alley of people he should fight right like True. him winning a split decision over parker porter next is just like the most mm, perfect uh that but with that brand yeah too bad parker porter is about to get murdered but uh this one is uh you know, put him with somebody like that again. Uh, let him keep winning. At a certain point, they'll have to give him a red guy, right? Like that's yep. It's unavoidable at a certain point. Like maybe maybe Blago Ivanov makes a lot of sense now. Sure, he's still around. Uh, he's not off getting stabbed again, is he? I don't. I don't believe he was. He's, I don't believe he's been stabbed recently. <laughs> that's good. He may be booked, but uh, oh, he is booked. He's fighting this weekend. That's uh, that's my oh, bad. There you go. <laughs> my bad as well. He gets the I, winner of. 
he gets the winner of Marcos Rogerio de Lima and Blago Ivanov. That's like the right. most per- that's the most perfect fight for Andre Arlovski. I wonder why why the UFC likes him so much. Like he's well paid, as you can go see on my website, moneymma.substack.com. They book him correctly. Like this is totally anti UFC behavior here. Yeah, but I'll say this: like he has been a company guy forever. You know what I mean? Like, and don't get me wrong, they cut him, but like. Even when they cut him, he was never, like, disparaging of the UFC. He was never like, the UFC are a bunch of assholes for cutting me, and I'm never going back there. Like, No, he he only said that. He only said that to Tim Sylvia. Um, But, yeah, like, he he never said anything bad about the company. Like, and I I think that bodes well for, like, Dana White and Gang. Like, there's so many people who have left and been like, the UFC didn't pay me what I'm worth, and, like, it's nice because I'm getting, you know, like the, what Corey Anderson has said, which albeit yeah. is definitely true. He made more in one Bellator fight than he made a whole year in the UFC. But like at the same time, like that's not ever going to keep you in good favor with the UFC. And it's kept yeah. Arlovsky in both good favor and good salary. So, you know, good for him for for doing what's working for him. Now, I know this isn't an Andre Arlovsky podcast, even though Dan would be. All, all on board for that. Um, like, what's with his chin? Like, he doesn't. Like, he was taking shots last night, and it doesn't affect him like it used to. I'm guessing, you know, and I've heard a whole bunch of people comment on that, right? Like, the, his chin has always been shot. Blah 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 blah. And like, first of all, he hasn't been knocked out since the year Rosenstrike knocked him out, uh, yeah. and that was back in in November of 2019. So we're we're almost on three years now. Um. And if you want to go back to the last time he was knocked out before that, it was Francis Ngannou in January of 2017. So, you know, I think my first point is here is like the last three times he's been knocked or let's do four. The last four people have knocked him out. Yair Rosenstrike, incredible power. Francis Ngannou, maybe some of the greatest power that's ever lived. Alistair Overeem, great power. And Stipe, great power, right? Like, he hasn't been knocked out by by a dude who doesn't have crazy good power, like since he was in Strike Force. Uh, so like the the talk about him having a spent chin is like it, it was probably like premature to begin with at any point in time. And I'll also say this: like we've talked time and time again, like the the amount of time you take off in between fights is automatically good for your brain, right? I think the amount of time since he's been in a war has been good for his brain. You know, like he just doesn't go to war anymore. So like, yeah, Collier hit him a little bit harder than he usually gets hit. But like, that's the hardest he's been hit in years. So yeah, like his durability is probably out 43 years old improving. Yep. There you go. Strange in at heavyweight as well, but this we'll, we'll save more uh, talk for our Andre Alosky spinoff podcast when we run that. Uh, we whiffed on this one to Anderson Brito very quickly. 41 seconds, TKO'd Andre Feely. I don't know. Can we take anything from this fight? It was so quick. Yeah, I can take a lot of things from this. This okay. is what I thought Joe Anderson Brito was before his debut against Bill Algio. I was like, this is a Because I saw him on Contender Series. And even before that, I saw him in LFA just absolutely killing people. Um, you know, I saw him in, in, was it Shudo he used to fight in Shudo Brazil, something like that. One of the, one of those Brazilian promotions, like I've seen him fight a bunch of times and he looks like a bat out of hell in every single one of them. He charged forward. He looked like a man possessed 
And he looked so good. And before he fought Del Algio, I was all over Joey Anderson Brito. I'm pretty sure I made him one of my recommended plays that week. And he sucked. He was terrible. Um, so this is what I thought he was all along. And it's funny because now he beats a guy better than Bill Algio in his second fight. Yeah. Very, very strange. But um, he's going to be a hard guy for us to pick, though, if he's going to be consistent like this. But we whiffed on that one. Um, so that was a pretty big. What was my spreadsheet's not working? What was Brito? What was the comeback on him? Was he over plus 200 or not? I think he was plus 180, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Right, right around there. All right. Uh, I got the next one right. Haha, ha, of course. Grant Dawson looked very good against Jared Gordon, who looked very durable um, in game. But I got Dawson minus 170. He won late via rear neck choke, 411 into the third round. So less than a minute left. This is another one of those fights where I uh, was pretty happy with the way that I broke it down. Uh, and there was just one facet that was just a little bit off, right? Like Gordon was going to outbox Grant Dawson. I thought his wrestling defense would hold up, which it did just until it didn't. You know what I mean? Like his wrestling defense held up a lot, but the minute he was down, he he had his back taken, um, which proved to be the difference here, right? Like he won almost all that first round until his back got taken. He was winning the second round until his back got taken. And he looked good in the third round until his back got taken. And it's kind of upsetting because he stuffed some of those takedowns and it was just uh, too bad that he didn't stuff enough of them to pull this off. And then this is Dan's on a little skid here. What five, uh, four a lot in a row, yeah. four straight L's, <laughs> spam and Alice in the chat. Um, Darren Hawkins minus 176. I hit over once again a very game Tristan Connolly, but uh, at plus 140. But Hawkins looked uh, very, very good in this fight. Yeah, he continues to be one of the hardest people to pick or pick against. Yeah. Um, but I'll say Connolly looked, looked game in there as well. Like he stuck right in there and he oh, slugged, yeah. he slugged with Darren Elkins, but you know, it's. Fucking Darren Elkins. <laughs> and then we, we missed on our favorite uh, underdog on this card. Dan's favorite underdog overall uh, on every card. Gerald Mearshart just didn't get it going. Uh, couldn't get it going against Christoph Jocko. Um, seemed too intent on, or content, excuse me, on on striking with him early. And then was, was struggling to get his uh, He's grappling going. He, he had a few moments on the ground where I thought we, we may get bailed out, but uh, in classic Mearshart fashion, but it was all for naught. Jocko won, skunked him three rounds to none on all scorecards. Yeah, I I was pretty disappointed because you said, you know, he, he seemed content to strike. He seemed content to let Jocko strike. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't yeah, even he stood like there and got hit. It, it's not like he was like if he was charging forward and it wasn't working. And I've been like, well, at least, you know, he's pressuring. He's putting himself in a position to shoot some takedowns. But, like, most of where he was putting himself, like, he didn't even have the opportunity for takedowns. It it was just, like, it it was one of those ones where you see a grappler and he is so disappointed in how much slower he is than his opponent that he's unwilling to stop being slower and and bring it to a place that works for him. So, yeah, kind of an upsetting performance from, from your chart there for me. Definitely was. Then on to the prelims. We, uh, this man did not disappoint. Alexander Romanov. Americana submission over Chase Sherman. 2-11 to the first round. Hey, what can you say about our big boy, Romanov? He uh, he got, got the job done exactly how we expect him to get it done. How good did that suplex look? <laughs> like that, yeah, that oh, that's is... right. He suplexed him onto his head and onto his neck, too. Yes. And, and it also, he had him in a position that I think, like, so many people just, like, 
go for a simple like back trip in in land inside control and instead he was like let's throw him directly over my head um which yeah. i it, hey if you're gonna be in a heavyweight squash match at least give me something like that <laughs> yeah and sherman was heavier than him too and he still threw him around like nothing um francisco figueredo ugh very quick knee bar on Daniel Lacerda, which I don't like this guy because he's, he's either he's Lacerda sometimes, he's De Silva sometimes. It's very distracting. But anyhow, he dropped his second straight, both of his UFC fights. He got himself submitted a minute 18 into the into the fight. We hit we didn't hit this one. Um, yeah, the the most upsetting part about this for me was you know, like I saw a lot of people being like, Hey, we got two straight weeks of knee bars because we had Claudio Puelish last time. And yes. I, I think we talked pretty extensively in here about how impressed I was with the way that right. Claudio Puelish set up that knee bar. He elevated, he had misdirection in there, he like there there were lots of beautiful things that Claudio Puelish did. Let me be really straight right, right here. Francisco Figueredo did nothing beautiful here other than uh, accept a knee bar that was carefully <laughs> placed into his lap by Lacerda yep. because that was some of the worst grappling defense. It, it was offense that turned into should have been defense. Like it was literally, he was like, here, I'm just going to spin and put my leg directly into a knee bar. Um, and I guess, you know, good on Figueredo for not letting that pass by him. Uh, but man, anybody with like a jujitsu purple belt who's done a few days of knee bar work uh, would have finished that knee bar on Lacerda. So um, very disappointing performance for him, especially after getting a pretty nice takedown. Yep. Um, I got I got the next one. Dan, Dan got this one right, everybody. Wow. Uh, Gabe Green, TKO punches over a clearly exhausted Johan. They were calling him, what were they, they were saying his name. It did not seem right to me. Line Ace? Yeah, no, they were saying it like very like it should should it not be Lion Ace, which makes his white lion name make sense because his name sounds like lion. But anyhow, whatever his name is, he looked good until he uh, realized it wasn't a one round fight and got really really tired. This was more TKO fatigue, if you ask me, than it was TKO punches for Gabe Green in four hundred two in the second round. I think that's true to an extent, but I will also say that body shot that he put him down with was real mean. Um, That'll tire you out too. Yeah, and and if you you go back and listen to our Wednesday breakdown of this fight, I told you Yoan Lainez pretty much just had the big overhand knockout punch available, and he had nothing else. uh, And Gabe Green was going to be more technical, pick apart his legs, wear him out, and finish him. Um, And it's exactly what he did. He looked really great doing it. Um, and I will say what's most impressive about it is line ace actually did hit that overhand at one point in time. Yep. And green did a great job of surviving fighting smart off the bottom, working his way back to his knees and grappling, and then getting it back to the feet where he was still, despite having been stunned way fresher and better looking on the feet. So props to him. He looks like he's a guy we should probably pay attention to at welterweight. Um, cause, cause while his, his defense had a few holes, like, that's a really good-looking win. The win over Philip Rowe was really nice. I mean, he lost right. a close decision to Daniel Rodriguez. Like, he, he's right there right now, and I guess now he's got good vision, so that's even better. <laughs> That'll help. Um, yeah, this is not, uh, not a good night for Canadians because uh, they went 0 for 3 because Mike Breeden lost as well to Nathan Levy. At least we got this one right. 29-28, 29-28, 30-27. 200 for Levy coming back on us, or Levy. Yeah, not much to say about this one other than, you know, I again, I think this went kind of like we thought it would. The more technical striker beat the guy 
who who's a little bit more wild in there. And and granted, he used a little bit of grappling, which helped him out too. But uh, yeah, like I, I think we got it. We pegged this one right where it was. Although, you know, props for Breeden for for coming forward and going for it at the end there. Yep. Uh, and then the opener, this one really bugged me because like we were we were winning this one until we weren't. Uh, Shanna Young somehow outgrappled Gina Mazzani and TKO'd her on the ground with punches 311 to the second round. But it was Mazzani's fight up to that point. So we whiffed on that minus 175. Yeah, I'm a little bit, um, you know, like I, I think we when we talked about this fight, we talked about how Gina out against Priscilla Cachoeira in that second fight. And I think we believed, yeah, I think we believed it was kind of a fluke, but she's looked so good when she has energy at flyweight. And I think what we failed to just like ask ourselves is like, is flyweight not good for her in that way? You know what I mean? She's looked, she looks more powerful. She looks like a better wrestler. She looks like her body is more fit for the weight class when she's down at, at flyweight but maybe her gas tank is just not going to hold here. Um, and if she sticks around the UFC for another fight, which I kind of hope she does, she's like kind of exciting to watch. Um, but yep. that is, that is three out of her last four with only a win over Rachel Ostevich, who's, you know, no offense, fuck, fucking terrible. Um, but like, so you, you probably are thinking she's not getting another shot, but if she does like, It'll be interesting to see if she thinks that staying in this weight class is a good idea or if, you know, there's something she can do about that gas tank. But it, it's definitely worth keeping an eye on. Yeah, I hope she lets us know if she does fight in the UFC again. Let us know uh, if she's if her tank is full before the next fight or not. So we, we know whether to, whether to better on her or not. So anyhow, um, fun fight card. Not so fun for our picks. I went five and six. Lost 360 bucks based on 100 other bets. But. Dan, always a gentleman, made sure to make me look better. He went four and seven, down 510 bucks, about 509. On the year, I'm at 68%, uh, picking all the fights, um, up 4.8% return on investment. Dan, 58%, down 10% return on investment. Um, recommended plays. Dan, This is the part lost. I was waiting for. This Here is the part go. I was waiting for. <laughs> Dan, Dan lost, but he won money. Um, most of his money was on our loss via decision, which he hit. So that one hit. He had Carlos Candelario, whose fight sadly fell off last minute. Um, hopefully, they'll reschedule that soon. So that was nothing. May then 14th. Lost... Oh, they already booked it? Yeah, May 14th. <laughs> then Gina Mazzani, Rob Fine, you missed on those. But he went one and two, but he was up $7.50. Me, on the other hand, I had Orlowski, but not as much money on him. And then I uh, So I hit that one. Then I lost to Mazzani, Mirashart, and Font. So I was down 25 bucks, one and three. Um, my spreadsheet is frozen, but... Um, when I did these calculations last night, Dan has taken the lead again on recommended plays. Uh, barely, you squeaked ahead of me. That's that's what that's all I needed to hear. There you go. That's that's, I, I think we can wrap the show knowing that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's, I think that's why the spreadsheet is locked up. It does not want me to uh, to admit those facts. Oh, and as for the bonuses last night, as as Dan said off top, Marlon Vera, Rob Font, fight of the night. Uh, but hundred grand went to Vera because Font lost weight. So that's a very costly. Uh, weight miss for fun um financially and and in the cage probably then joanna sombrito got 50 grand and francisco figueredo got 50 grand figueredo I hate that he gets, it, right yeah no yeah. i hate that he got that it bothered me like i i just said like he he got that submission gift wrap to him I, it really bums me out i would have if i get to pick that last bonus i think i'd give it a gabe green for just being like gritty as all hell and like 
Sure. I mean, like, Romanoff could could deserve it if, like, you didn't talk about him being, like, a negative 2,300 favorite. Um, But, like, Gabe Green. I like Dawson's performance, but, like, I I would say this, though, too, is he was getting outboxed and, like, looked bad on the feet. Whereas, like, Gabe Green, I think, was winning everywhere. You know, like, he, 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 like, took a big hit here, but then, like, survived that big hit and, like, battled back to, to win his type of fight. I actually wouldn't even mind if Shanna Young won it. Like, she also you know, I dealt with adversity and then look good in the second round. But like, man, does it bother me that that Figueredo got that. <laughs> yep. Shannon Young saved her career probably with the win there because uh, she would have gone 0-3 if she had lost that fight. So, all right. Uh, so let's put that one to bed. Um, those who came here looking for picks, sadly, you're not going to get them this week. I, I intentionally saved saying that to the very end so people wouldn't turn off right away dan um <laughs> but we were we were gonna break down pfl but the odds are not out yet so we're gonna and PFL because everything's is, because everything's tape delayed <laughs> yeah exactly and pfl is going to they're not on until friday right this week they they have to pick a date they're jumping around. i'm sure it's not there they, their went, choice. Wednesday, sure they went wednesday thursday friday i believe yeah because yeah, it's it's may 6th for this one although you are yeah. going to get uh so many big names on this one too you, yeah, you, big, you get you get rory mcdonald anthony pettis ray cooper the third kayla harrison um and one of the four i just mentioned uh maybe on the top turtle on the podcast which you should wow. listen to this week wow they're all big names all right so so we're going to break that down for you um wednesday will be a jam-packed episode which uh, I'm sure our wives will enjoy us being on the air even longer than, than normal and they have to take care of the kids. But anyhow, that'll be Wednesday. We'll break down that. Plus UFC 274 is going down this week, which we'll be breaking down as well. Big fight card, big pay-per-view coming from the Footprint Center in Phoenix, Arizona, um, home of the future NBA champions. So we got Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje for the lightweight title. We got Rose Nama Yunus in a rematch against uh, Carlos Esparza for the strawweight championship. They were the... They fought in the inaugural women's strawweight championship fight, which uh, as far as I won. We also have Ch- Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson. Mauricio Shogun Hua is back versus Ovince St. Pru. And Donald Cowboy Cerrone is back versus Joe Lozon is back uh, in a in a fight as well. So a lot of big names on the main card. Um, let me see anything of note on, well, for nerds like us, every fight is of note. Uh, w- Superfan Jong's girlfriend, Tracy Cortez, will be fighting on the uh, early, <laughs> early prelims. Um, Lupi Godinez, fun name to say. She'll be fighting as well. Anyhow, pretty good fight card. Um, like I said, big names and title, title shots, uh, title fights on the main card. And then the prelims are uh, have a lot of um, people that nerds, uh, MMA nerds and degens will will enjoy on the on the prelims and the early prelims. Yeah, and there's there's a couple of my absolute favorites in there too. Like I, I love watching Brandon Royball. Brandon Royball yep, brings it. Chanel. And uh, you know, low key dude, who you guys should all keep an eye on if you're not already familiar with him. Fernie Garcia is going to be an absolute joy to watch in there. That guy is so much fun. So uh, get ready for that as well. Yep, there you go. Get ready for it. So that will be our jam packed Wednesday. Um, episode of these this year pod um for now this this put this one the bed i have dogs to walk literally that it's not a euphemism even though maybe i'll walk some dogs later too dan uh uh-huh. whatever that means but you have dogs <laughs> to walk dogs to walk for real um and maybe some else with watch oh i have to, i get to file my taxes today too that'll be fun um so i have a packed day 
So let's um, let's put this one to bed. Thank you for coming to the podcast and listening to us. Hopefully you didn't follow us our picks um, on the weekend. Just Dan's recommended plays. We'll we'll do better next episode. Uh, I'm going to be back on form. I promise. Um, until then, maybe I'll I'll uh, bid you farewell by telling you to follow me on Twitter, Jeff Fox, writer. The co-host Daniel would be Gumby Vreeland. Read all our stuff at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. I have my NBA second round preview up there now. I'm going to be doing my baseball waiver wire article Sunday evening. That'll be popping up. So you help you win your fantasy baseball league. I am multifaceted. That's three different sports right there. MMA, NBA, and MLB. Dan's got a bunch of stuff up there too. He's been writing about baseball and NBA as well. So read that. Uh, read my MMA exclusive stuff at moneymma.substack.com. I will be having the UFC 274 pick'em contest will be dropping on Monday. So at the very least, get in on that. Um, and then Dan's podcast, you know where to find him, Prelim Primer and Top Turtle MMA. So that is it. We'll be back on Wednesday. Until then, I am the Shanimal Jeff Fox, because that's a funny nickname to say. He is Gumby Vreeland. We'll catch you on Wednesday. Bye.